0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Marnie's Friends, the online training show where experts share insights into aspects of life and leadership that take you from surviving to thriving ASAP. Right now you are about to discover practical, doable success strategies to shorten your learning curve, increase your productivity, and skyrocket your delight in life. Be sure to thank today's guests by sharing this program via your favorite social media outlet, and swing by Marnie.com and give me a shout out too. Now let's get going with today's episode of Marnie's Friends. Welcome to you. This is Marnie. Excited to have you with us for another edition of Marnie's Friends and our guest today is Cindy McMiniman of StrengthsForTheSoul.com. Today we're going to be talking about drama, trauma, All that stuff that sometimes robs our peace and we're going to learn how to find peace even when your emotions overwhelm you. And if you're like the typical girl, that can be kind of often. So grab a notepad and a paper and we're going to cover a lot of ground during the next hour. Some of the stuff that you're going to learn about is the two types of drama and how they're different, the primary factors that contribute to drama among women four ways to stay calm in the middle of a crisis, how to respond appropriately to situations that would otherwise escalate, strategies for dealing with the unexpected, four things to keep in mind when you're offended, one surprising strategy to diffuse drama, why it's sometimes best to not step in and help someone else, and also a daily checklist to help you be drama-free. Our guest today, Cindy McMenamin, is one of my favorite people. She's a national speaker, pastor's wife, mother, and author of 15 books. She helps women find strength for the soul. She has more than 30 years of experience in ministering to women, and you can learn more about her over at her website, strengthforthesoul.com. Welcome to you, Cindy. Hi, Marnie. It's good to be with you. Well, and it's great to have you. And this is kind of um, this is a topic that every woman <laughs> deals with. You know, I have, when I think about when I think about drama free, what's interesting is as I was hiring people through the eleven years that we had a retail store, um, I would sit down with the you know, applicant and I would say, you know, why do you want to work at Solutions? And we spelled Solutions Store with the S O U L solutions for Uh your hobby home and heart and anyway that she'd often say the lady the applicant would often say well it's such a nice atmosphere in here you know it's always you all seem so relaxed and it seems like you all get along really well and i said well we do we work really hard but we do work to you know provide an atmosphere that Uh feels to the customer very relaxing and calming and like that and then i will say something like I really don't do drama with my team. Usually <laughs> if we have a problem, we solve it right away. And what I found, to my surprise, because I had to hire several people improperly first to really discover this, mm-hmm. that the people who got the most excited about working in a drama-free environment were the people who caused oh. the most oh, drama, most drama. <laughs> yeah. and that, that was a shock to me. <laughs> oh, so what have you found in your experience?
1: <laughs>
2: I've found that a lot of women will say, you know, like you, I don't do drama, you know. And first of all, a lot of them are moms of boys, and maybe that's because when you bring up boys and mm. not daughters, you tend to think, oh, there's not drama. But then you can be around your girlfriends, your sisters, your mom, anybody that you meet. And drama can kind of come our way if we're not prepared and know how to respond so that we can diffuse it. I think drama in some ways is inevitable, um, especially if we don't know how to respond to it.
0: Well, I think it can really escalate quickly into a very Mm -hmm. dramatic situation um, and what I what I found, and and why I would tell potential staff that we don't really do drama is because what I found is that when you deal with it when it's at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, little teeny bud stages or just <laughs> seed yes. stages, uh, mostly you can avoid a lot of painful drama uh, between exactly. team members between. Uh, managers and employees, mm-hmm. between um, family members. So let's first talk about the two types of drama there really are, because there's there's two
2: two different ways to look at this. That's right. Well, first of all, there's the drama that life brings, the things we have no control over. Uh, the loss of someone we love, the drama of an illness, uh, maybe the drama of something your child is going through. And then there's the drama we bring on ourselves by how we react to situations. We can't control What life brings in a sense, but we can control how we respond to what life brings. So it's um, actually both sets of drama that we're going to be talking about today because um, when something unexpected comes your way, how you choose to respond to that can depend on whether or not it is drama in your life. And um, maybe how you react to somebody, whether or not you're talking about them, certain choices that we make through the day can also prevent drama from happening in the first place.
0: It's such a good distinction. and, And I think it's one that carries through way beyond drama. You know, in all of our lives, there's just the reality of living in a fallen world. And then there's yes. the things that we do to make that work. <laughs> so just exactly. be aware, I have something to do with a lot of this. <laughs> right? So what are some primary factors that contribute to drama among women?
2: Well, like I said, um, when unexpected circumstances hit us and we're unprepared to handle them, when we react emotionally, oh no, what's going to happen? What am I going to do? And we start taking it to an even further place in our mind That can be us creating more drama. Um, And then we can come up against family members or people with just different personalities who carry with them their own set of uh, emotional baggage or learned behaviors or different expectations or values or belief system. And everyone has the ability to misunderstand each other, to misinterpret things, um, to exaggerate, to gossip to disappoint or to act selfishly and inconsiderate. So just being around other people can elicit drama. Again, if we don't know how to handle that, many women say, you know, there's just so much drama that I don't want to be around my immediate family. Like there's drama every Christmas or there's drama every time we're around those weird relatives. (laughs) Um, People are all different. We all carry with us our own capacity for drama, but we don't have to be sucked into it all the time.
0: Hmm. The word that's bubbling to the surface in my mind is the word triggers, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that there are certain people who trigger us routinely. And those are the people that we used to, like, I just want to avoid you completely. But sometimes it's a child or a spouse or, you know, (laughs) something that you can't really really just get away from. And it's important for us to understand that we have options other than just going straight straight into a fallout dramatic episode yes yes
2: Hmm. Um, when we respond sometimes out of our pain i think that's what triggers us maybe certain words or phrases or circumstances that hit at a wound within us and we can suddenly become defensive and the other person's looking at us saying i i really didn't mean that personally what is going on (laughs) I I think of the look in my husband's eyes sometimes when that happens and I didn't even realize, you know what, what he said didn't really have anything to do with me, but it triggered something in me and he got a response he didn't deserve. And then I end up going back to God and saying, God, show me that place in my heart that I need to surrender to you and let Mm -hmm. you heal so that other people don't become the brunt of my inability to, I guess, to work through certain issues, um, becoming dramatic at somebody, when really they didn't deserve that.
0: Boy, that is really resonating with me, you know, where my brokenness uh, causes someone else to mm-hmm. experience them wanting to not yeah. be around me. <laughs> so my mm-hmm. brokenness. So we all have that. We all have those kind of places mm-hmm. in us that are, you know, I, I, it's the difference between an open wound and a scar. You know, an right. open wound. Still, I mean, you touch that, and somebody's going to yelp, mm-hmm. and that's just how it is. Whereas right. a scar, you know, it's there. Yeah, you remember that it was painful and everything, but you can touch it. You can even scratch it. It's fine. Uh, you know, in the midst of in the midst of being triggered, having someone, you know, brush against an open wound for us. Talk to us about how to stay calm when you're right in the middle of something that would normally trigger you?
2: Well, I came up with an acronym for the word CALM, and it's some things that I've used in my own life and that I've taught other women as well. And the C in CALM is consider the bigger picture. Everything that happens in life, and therefore every circumstance we encounter, is meant to conform us to the image of Christ. So when we consider that, we can relax and realize, you know what, God knows what he's doing in this circumstance that he's allowing yes that person um, said something about me that wasn't true this did not take god by surprise how am i going to respond to this how can i um, uh, consider that i am not being discriminated against here i'm not the only person in the world who's gone through something like this there's a reason for this and i want to pass that test rather than fail it so i think considering Mm -hmm. the big picture is the first one, and then the a in calm is acknowledge God's in control. um we are not at the whim of our circumstances. we are not alone we are we don't have to consider the averages or the statistics. We have a God who can help us, who we can trust, and um we can we can bring that to him immediately, and sometimes for me, just saying aloud, This did not take God by surprise is a comfort to me. And it's also an encouragement that it's like, okay, this situation is something that I can handle, and I don't have to fly off about it. The L in Mm -hmm. calm is look for the lesson. Um, Again, um, you know, there is this bigger picture. God is in control. So what does he want me to learn about this? In situations where I can be tempted to be drama, most of the time I need to humble myself and say, you know what, this is not all about me. I am not here, the one up on stage. Christ is on stage, His Spirit through me. So how can He shine? How can He look better than me right now? How can I just move off to the sideline and learn what it is that God wants me to learn? Um, sometimes when it when I in a situation and I'm thinking, you know, that person misinterpreted that and misrepresented me. That was clearly their problem. Yet I have to say, God. Show me what you want me to see in this moment so I can stay tuned to you for your instructions so I can learn what I need to learn. Maybe I did or said something that gave someone that impression. Maybe there are some raw edges in me that still need to be refined. So look for the lesson. And then the M I think is probably the hardest thing to do in the midst of drama, and that's make it a point to praise. Um, When we thank God for what we're going through, even though we don't like it, it, it changes us. It changes our perspective. Um, it makes us grateful for the things we do have. It often diffuses the situation. In First Thessalonians 5.18, we're told to be thankful in all things. Even those unexpected, uncomfortable, unwanted things. And as we do that, as we thank God for it, maybe even thank Him for the lesson that's in, stored, uh, that's in store, it can give us that new perspective. And I believe that's faith on stage rather than uh, private or public panic about the drama.
0: Mm. Beautiful. This is Marnie. We're visiting today with Cindy McMenamin of Strength for the Soul. Recent book out is drama-free, Finding Peace When Emotions Overwhelm You. We're going to take a short break, come back and talk a little bit more about the four ways to stay calm in a crisis and also how to respond appropriately to situations that would otherwise escalate. We'll be right back. Do you ever need a guest speaker? Or maybe you're a speaker who's available to go? Check out WomenSpeakers.com, the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world since 2002. Connecting thousands of planners with over 1,300 speakers, speakers are available to you from every state. Denomination, experience level, and fee range. You simply search when you have time, anytime, day or night, and connect directly with the speakers that interest you. No middlemen, no hidden fees. It's all simple, easy, enjoyable, and online. Check it out today at WomenSpeakers.com. That's www.womenSpeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we are visiting today with Cindy McMenamin of com. Cindy, before break, we were talking about four ways to stay calm, the acronym CALM. Consider the big picture. Acknowledge that God is in control. Look for the lesson and make it a priority to praise in the midst of it. I, there are a couple things that jumped out at me. First of all, I love mm-hmm. under acknowledge you said that you sometimes say out loud, God knew about this. God knew this was going to happen. Uh-huh. I say that right. all the time. It's like, God you? got this. And yes. it is very comforting to me to know that God's already been in my pain before I got there. Yes, <laughs> That mm-hmm. God already <laughs> knew it was going to happen. And one of my favorite names for God is providence, which is going mm. ahead of me and preparing the way for me. And it is super yeah. comforting to know that this isn't surprising to him. He didn't get caught off guard um, Uh by this whatever it is that's causing me pain. I
2: love love that what you said about the providence going ahead of you. That also means he knows already how you're going to respond. And as we stay tuned to his direction, as we remember that he's in control, he walked into it before us, that can just give us that desire of wanting to please our Heavenly Father in a way that I want to respond the way He wants me to respond as his child. I'm going to Mm -hmm. acknowledge that he's here, and and we're going to get through this together. Yeah, love that. Under the L, look for the
0: lesson. One of the things that I have learned um, in the past few years is that sometimes there isn't – sometimes something happens Uh hard to me that isn't Uh really for me. It isn't even about me. I just happen to be the right. in God's hands at accomplishing something else in someone else's life, and I've seen it a few times looking back. But even in those situations where there's not really a direct lesson, like I didn't mm-hmm. need this to happen to me in order for me to learn right. something, but God uses us. He uses everything. And even in those situations, mm-hmm. we can always learn humility, dependence, and also just the willingness to be used by God at a deeper level than we right. have before. <laughs> okay.
2: Right. It's all, about, I, I'm glad, know, it's all about letting God choose. <laughs> I, I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes we say, well, you know what, when I get to heaven, I'm going to want the reason for this. And, and sometimes it isn't about, like you said, the big reason or the big story that we're going to someday see or something. Sometimes it's about the in and out daily obedience of walking uprightly before God, of surrendering every moment. There's a gradual growth process, and this is just one more area of growth. And and like you said, might not be a huge lesson or huge reason. You might just be that instrument um, that was part of God's overall plan, maybe even in someone else's life, and you might never even know why or or how, but God is, is big enough to use that.
0: I always say I like to give God the benefit of the doubt. So that uh-huh. I would say, even if I can't see anything that can, could come out of this, I'm just going to trust that there's something good that you're going to bring out of this, and I don't have right. to know what it is right now. I don't even have to know what I'm learning. I can just trust exactly. you for this. But looking for that lesson, I know years ago, my mother-in-law said exactly what you said. She said, whenever something um, bad is said about me or someone has a reaction uh-huh. to me, she said, I always do positive. and say, God, what is there that I can learn from this situation? Yeah. What can I learn from mm-hmm. this? And, and it does change our position. You know, it takes us all to a level playing ground again. Now I'm not holding right. this
2: out. And i exactly.
0: across with you saying, what can I learn yeah. here? Yeah.
2: And Love you it. Know, you know, my Love husband, it. my husband's a pastor, and I've often heard him use the word unteachable. Don't be unteachable. And I don't want to be unteachable. I have never fully arrived. If there is something that's said, there could be a seed of truth there somewhere, and I want God to use yeah. that to refine me and make me more of a humble person rather than you know that's not even going to touch cuz you know I let my pride get into play and say you know that could that could never be me i could never have a part of that
0: yeah. Awesome. Well, and then the last one was make it a priority to praise. And uh, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about the sacrifice of praise, and that's sometimes where you have to be when uh-huh. when you're going through something pretty painful. It doesn't come naturally to say thank you. Right. It <laughs> is God, a sacrifice. But if we can trust if we can trust that God does work all things for good to conform us to the image uh-huh. of Christ, then there is something really to be grateful for even in the worst situation. You know. I um, want to talk next about how to respond appropriately to situations that would otherwise escalate. We mentioned earlier that sometimes there, you know, when drama is starting to come, it doesn't need to go into a full-blown dramatic right. affair. There, there are some times when we can just stop it and nip it in the bud. So what do we do? What, what is that about?
2: Well, that's primarily um, two things that can help us stay centered there, capturing our thoughts, and correcting our thinking. In um, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, um, we're told to take every, to demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. And I used to wonder, what does that mean, take captive that thought? Well, our thoughts can run rampant. They can run wild and loose and conjure up all sorts of things in our minds. So we have to take them captive um by capturing them and then correcting what that thought is using the word of god an example of of a loose thought that can escalate a situation into drama is when something happens and we think i can't get through this um, we can capture mm-hmm. that thought and correct it philippians four thirteen says i can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sometimes we panic and something becomes dramatic because we think I'm alone in this. I'm going to be alone. What am I going to do? Nobody's here. No one's helping me. 13.5 says Christ has said he will never leave us nor desert us. That's capturing that thought and then correcting it with God's truth. Sometimes um, we just think, you know, I'm going to be overwhelmed. I love that verse in Isaiah 43 three two, where we're told that that um, we walk through the waters, they will not engulf us. That so we walk through the fire, we will not be burned. Um, sometimes financially, we can, we can have a situation where it becomes drama because we're, we're afraid of our finances or I won't be able to make ends meet. We're going to lose the house. Philippians 4.19, my God will meet all my needs as I trust in him. Um, sometimes we imagine the worst, but we can capture that thought. Uh, and correct it. Again, Romans eight twenty eight and 29, that God causes all things, even that thing that could be potential drama, to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And then that next verse uh, tells us that those whom he uh, foreordained to become conformed to the image of his son. God's going to use those things to make us more like him. So mm-hmm. capture that loose thought and then correct it with what we know about God and what we know about his word.
0: Hmm. I love that. I always say 911 Jesus in those moments. (laughs) You You know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is truth. And also where there is truth, there is freedom. And so we just need God I, I like Revelation 3.20. Jesus, It says Jesus is standing at the door knocking. And he wants to come yeah. in and sit with you. And and in that context, he's standing at the heart the heart's door of a Christian knocking for entrance. Uh-huh. So that's kind of weird because you think, well, he's already in. But the reality is that our own thinking can push him out. Uh, our yeah. wrong thought can push him out of the uh-huh. conscious mind and we need to invite him back in. And so a lot of times, Cindy, I'll just say, Jesus, just talk to me about this from your perspective. Because mm-hmm. I know my perspective. <laughs> I <Right. laughs> you got that
1: one. I got, got you it. To this but
0: what I need, yeah. yeah, what I need is some truth here. And there's a little mm-hmm. poem I'm saying just constantly all the time is, I choose Jesus, freedom in you, Holy Spirit, God flows through. I choose freedom, Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I choose Jesus, freedom in you, Holy Spirit, God flows through. When we, when we pause long enough to capture this thought, and to allow the Holy Spirit to correct them with being in a pitch dark room with only scary thoughts happening there and having somebody flip the light on you, and you realize, oh, it's mm-hmm. fine, you know,
2: there's nothing here. Exactly. <laughs> it was Speaking wisdom. it out loud helps sometimes because we need to hear it. You know what I mean? To just say it yeah. out loud, you know. You know, this did not take God by surprise. Lord, show me the truth, your truth. You mm-hmm. are the way and the truth and the life. Yeah, just Proclaiming that out loud sometimes really helps in, in the moment. So what do you do when all of a
0: sudden you've got unexpected drama just coming at you? And you know, sometimes it's one thing at a time. Other times it is the barrage. Uh-huh. <laughs> and actually actually for me, Cindy, when it gets to be kind of an overwhelming barrage, I'll say something out loud like, nice try or something like that. Yeah. That's just like, okay, I see what's going on here. But sometimes sometimes it's not so obvious. You know, sometimes it's a drip campaign that's just like um, (laughs) little bits coming at us, just wearing us down to the point where you just want to, oh, you know. You know,
2: I can relate to the barrage because it happened two days before my book, Drama Free, came out. Two days before I got the copies (laughs) in my hands. (laughs) And, of course, it took me a couple (laughs) minutes to go, oh, this (laughs) is why. I had – I. I do a lot of work at my desk. I had just gone to a jazzercise class. I don't know. I did something, and I was so sore I could barely move. So that right there is causing me a little bit of inconvenience. And then we woke up the next morning, you know, as as I'm still really sore and can barely make it downstairs and discovered a leak in our garage. It actually was a slab leak coming up under from under our kitchen floor. And immediately, we had a water mitigation team out here. They were punching holes into the drywall. My cat Mowgli was going up into the drywall, running through the rafters of our ceiling. We couldn't find him. There was drama. And again, you know, those loose thoughts, what is this going to cost? Are we going to have to move out? What is going on here? And then all of a sudden, this did not take God by surprise, I have to now apply what I wrote in that book that's coming out in two days. Let's see. <laughs> Step number one, be a problem solver. And so I thought, okay, what is the first thing that we can do? You know, the first thing is, you know, back up a little. The first thing I had to do was make the call. And then it's like, okay, move the stuff. Okay, how can we adapt to this? And once the whole family started working together doing that, then there was there was no – um you know, freaking out and what are we going to do and focusing on the worst like we can tend to do, but it was just, let's work the next step. Let's, uh, Mm. let's work the problem and, um, and do what we can do to, uh, to get to that place. Um, And then also just being flexible because even when you have your plan of what you're going to do, my husband's like, okay, this is what we're going to do Then We're going to do this and we're going to do this. Sometimes things change in there and we have to be flexible and we also have to be focused on the truth, not the what ifs. Uh, again, not letting our mind run through those thoughts, but just saying what is the truth here. I put a verse there um, on my refrigerator about God's God's protection of us. And also uh, Philippians 4, 8, and 9 there, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right and pure and lovely, whatever is of good repute, to dwell on those things, not all the what ifs. Whatever is true is God walked through this before us. He knew exactly when the leak was going to happen. Um, He's going to get us through this drama. Um, in order to do that, to, to focus on the the facts of the situation instead of our feelings, again, we have to we have to be balanced with wisdom from God's word. We have to know what that truth is and be able to say it. So unexpected circumstances are going to hit. We don't know what's around the corner, but whether it's a huge thing like a water leak in your house, or maybe it's just a little thing, like you said that that drip campaign, just working the problem, um, staying calm, and realizing I, I can get through this. I don't need to freak out and think about all the what ifs.
0: Mm, that's so great. I love. I love your be a problem solver. I've been saying a lot lately because just this stage of life where my husband and I are in right now, we really don't know what's what's next. Is so much, uh-huh. uh, but there's always enough light for the next step. There's that it. Yeah. And if there isn't, then you know to stand still for a minute. You know, mm-hmm. just just pause. But as soon as as soon as I know what to do, even today or this afternoon or tomorrow morning, as soon as I know what to do, then I can do it and. It is Mm -hmm. so beautiful that that another phrase that I use in moments like that are in this moment I have everything I need. In this Mm -hmm. moment I have everything I need. Moment, exactly. And it doesn't, right, and it doesn't really matter if I have everything I think I might need next day, next week, next month, whatever. Mm -hmm. It matters that in this moment God has provided for everything we need, and that is always true no matter what moment we're in. And God is the I am. He isn't the I was or the I'm going to be. He is the right. I am. He is with us right in here the in the moment.
2: That's the one that matters. <laughs> so yes, so and cool. as well, women, is, isn't it true? Isn't it true that we want to have it all planned out? We want to know what's happening next week and next month and have the overall plan and that can get frustrating sometimes. And even like when somebody's going through a, a a trauma or a crisis or the death of a loved one, I've heard that advice, just do the next thing, just the next thing that you need to do. Don't look at the entire list. But as you realize you have what you need in the moment to do that next thing. Yeah, same thing for people who
0: are trying to break a habit or an addiction, just to stay focused on what is the next thing to do. I always say we're all hopelessly addicted to the delusion that we are in control of anything. God is in control and he is partnering with us and we are to be looking to him for truth and for help. We're going to come right back and talk with Cindy about four things to keep in mind when you're offended. We'll be right back. There is a huge difference between working for God and allowing God to work through us. My latest book, Flow Through Vessel, explains how to master the habit of letting God flow through our lives. When we try to do everything good for God, we quickly fail. But when we learn how to allow God to flow His life and love through us, we find strength for the day. Check out this new Bible study resource at www.marni.com. That's www.marni.com. Welcome back, and we're visiting today with Cindy and She's the author of a new book called Drama Free, finding peace when emotions overwhelm you. Cindy, where did the idea for this book come from?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I I minister to women a lot, and I realized that drama is something that we can all relate to in one form or another. And again, if somebody's under that, you know, illusion that they don't do drama, it it will come and uh, creep up behind them. And I also came from a family where we knew drama as well. Um, my sister and, and brother and I were actually raised on the stage. We did a lot of theater. My mom directed plays. So I had that mm-hmm. est of drama. But we were also, I, I realized it as I became older, we were a family that didn't have a lot of filter on our emotions. So everything was loud and big and colorful and real as if we're on stage. And I started thinking about that concept do I really want to be the one out there on stage? Do I want to be making a performance everywhere I go, or do I want Christ to shine through me? Do I want to slip off to the sidelines and let Him be the star? And so that's another thing I talked about in in Drama Free about how uh, you know we really, in a sense, have an audience everywhere we go. Many times people are watching every time we walk out our front doors. People are watching that we might not realize. Uh, We're getting reviews whether we like them or not. How can we be aware of that and make sure that they see Christ's spirit through us and not just the loud, real, raw us?
0: Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. You guys want to check out the book, Drama Free. In it, you'll find also how to incorporate some scene changes to eliminate drama, view high-maintenance individuals as Christ does, and also become an anchor in the storms that swirl around you and others. Cindy, let's talk about the four things to keep in mind when we get
2: offended. Okay. Well, the spirit of offense can be... A really powerful thing and it splits relationships and it, it can split churches. And, and many times there's just a misunderstanding there involved and stuff. And so I really wanted to cover that in Drama Free. And, and the first thing to do when you're offended is realize there's always more to the story. Maybe your girlfriend told you that somebody else was talking about you at lunch. There's a backstory there that you don't know. She might have relayed it from her perspective. There's always more to the story. Even if somebody's standing right there and they say something to you that is rude or sounds very personal, there's more to the story. Maybe that person is dealing with something and we have no idea. Uh, Maybe they learned that morning that they've got a diagnosis or they have a parent who's really ill or they're going to have to move and they're not prepared for it. We don't know what's going on in the backstory, Mm -hmm. but there's always one there. The second thing is, retain a sense of humor that has helped me out so many times when somebody says something uh maybe public or 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 just says something and it would just rub me the wrong way and and other people turn around and go oh my goodness how she's going to respond to that sometimes just kind of blowing that off as a joke can just ease the tension and then you think you know i'm just kind of really not going to address that and i'll make that person think that i didn't take it personally and i'm not so important after all and i'm not going to let it bother me a sense of humor can really help sometimes um, when we're offended. Another thing that's really helpful, I think, is to refrain from acting impulsively. Um, something in our flesh will want to respond back with a comment. Um, they insulted me, I'm going to insult them. Um, we'll want mm-hmm. to react. We'll want to get even or maybe even just go home and stew on it and then fire off this really mean email. Um James 119 says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Um, It never hurts to just sit it out for a while and let our emotions cool, maybe even sleep on it so we know how to respond in a healthy way. And sometimes when we do that, I think um, God gives us that perspective the next morning or after that break time to realize, you know what, it's not even worth responding to. Maybe I'll just... Forgive it and move on. Let it go. Um, Finally, resisting the urge to defend ourselves. Um, Wow, so many times we can um, lose sleep, waste energy, thinking of ways to protect our image, um, to clear up somebody's misunderstanding. I have learned through the years to be okay if somebody has a misunderstanding about me because I think sometimes it's the pride in me that wants to rise up and clear my name. And if I know in my heart that my intentions were right, um, but somebody misunderstood and that person maybe isn't open to really, you know, listening or hearing my side of it, I've learned to just give that to God and let it go and realize, you know what, God's got my back and he knows my heart and I'm not going to let this one trip me up. Um, My last step in there on uh, responding to offense is remain hidden. And um, there's a wonderful uh, verse in Colossians that says, you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When, When I die to myself because I want the spirit to live through me, that's a way of of hiding in him. And so, again, if something's being said about you, if somebody at work is out to get you and they're trying to get you fired, or it just seems like there's a barrage of attacks, we can hide ourselves in him and saying, God, again, this did not take you by surprise. I know you've got my back. Mm-hmm. Protect my heart and help me to rest in you. Um, in Exodus fourteen fourteen, it says, um, I will fight for you. You need only to be still. It was something <laughs> that Moses was told, and that is so uh, precious to me. When we, I could take that, you know, Bible verse, of course, out of context, but I can apply that to my life and say, there are times when I need only to be still mm-hmm. and hide in Him, and He will protect me.
0: Mm-hmm. That last point, remaining hidden, reminds me of Psalm ninety-one, one, where He that dwelleth in the secret place of the mm-hmm. Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There's this place that I run to, like you, um, uh-huh. you run, Jesus, you just run, you know, and it's like a small child, actually, which is what we're supposed to be like in our faith, it's right. like a small child being scared of a, you know, a big dog, or, you know, something, whatever, and they run to their dad, you know, they uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. and, you know, it's really that simple, you know, your, your fourth point, that resist the urge to defend yourself, the difference between the humility, of running to your dad, and the pride of saying, I can handle this myself. I am surely going to put this person in the right spot and take Uh care of this right now myself. And, you know, God just loves the humble heart that just says, "Um, yeah, I think I'm going to trust you with this instead of trying to fix it myself. Uh
1: Um,
0: In the third point, you said refrain from acting impulsively. You used the phrase forgive it and move on. It is so important to not just shove it down inside and kind of pretend to ignore it, pretend not to let it hurt us. It's really important Mm -hmm. to look at it full face on and to forgive it completely, just like Jesus forgives my sins. That's how I'm Mm -hmm. called to forgive the offenses of others toward me. Speak to that for a moment because a, a lot of people kind of misunderstand
2: True forgiveness as something that's sugar coating an offense, <laughs> right? Um, to just let it go and, like you said, just stuff it down there, it can eventually um, come back up. Um, I wrote a book a few years ago. I think we might have even talked about it um, together on the radio, called "When a Woman Overcomes Life's Hurts," about what it really means to forgive. And to forgive means I am not going to hold that person. Um, responsible to make this right in my life when we've been hurt often nothing anyone else anybody else can do can actually eliminate that hurt they can't reverse that hurt they can say they're sorry that still doesn't take that hurt away so we Mm -hmm. have to to realize you know God you're the only one that can heal my heart and help me not to define this person by what they did help me not to keep drudging it up and expecting them to do something about it Many times I'm asked, I get emails all the time after I wrote on forgiveness, people saying, well, what if that person never says they're sorry? You know, people will offend you and not realize what they did. And then when you let them know what they did, they might not admit that they did anything wrong. Also, people can hurt you, and then they can eventually die without apologizing. That does not mean you also go to your grave having never forgiven them. Because they never apologized, um, God's word says, "In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us." That forgiveness was there before we actually asked for it, and so um, that forgiveness there is is something we do with us and God. We say, "God, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bury this and hang on to this. I'm gonna release that to you because you've forgiven me." for everything I've done, even the things I didn't realize I did, I'm going to forgive this person because that's what you want me to do.
0: I remember going through a a situation many years ago where I learned the difference there because I had uh, someone who had really hurt me and Mm -hmm. um, just was refusing to acknowledge that she had hurt me. She just didn't see that that should have hurt at all. But it was super Uh painful. And so I really didn't know what to do because I realized I needed to forgive her. But she wasn't asking for forgiveness. She didn't even see that there was anything to be forgiven. Uh She probably would never ask for forgiveness. And I really was struggling. And I asked um, uh, someone who was uh, ahead of me on my journey with Christ, a mentor. And I said, you know, what is my, my, you know, what are my choices here? She doesn't think she did anything wrong. How can I possibly forgive her? And her response to me changed how I viewed forgiveness from that moment forward because she said, well, what does Jesus do for you when you don't uh-huh. even realize you've hurt him? Uh, what does right. he do for you? And I said, well, he died for me. He He extends forgiveness even though I'm not even aware I need uh-huh. it yet. She said, right. So uh-huh. when you come to him and ask for forgiveness, does he have to think about it? Does he kind of you know mull it over overnight and decide uh-huh. if he's going to forgive you or are you already forgiven? <laughs> like right Right. no 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 it's it's a position of forgiveness even if Uh the other person never realizes they need it or should have asked you are free because you have forgiven it's such a different place to live
2: oh yeah god doesn't wait around to see if we are really sorry if we're really going to make sure we didn't do it again if are we just saying it or do we really mean it like you said that that position that standing there is that we are forgiven in Christ, That's good because, um, yeah, so often we, we believe we need something that will justify that forgiveness. But again, when we've truly been offended, when we've been hurt, nothing else will really make that right except God who can heal that place in our heart and give us a softer heart toward others.
0: <laughs> I remember, too, being challenged in a marriage seminar one time that, you know, if, do you think you have a problem with unforgiveness toward your spouse? Okay, now, Mm -hmm. do you think maybe that you still kind of remember and uh, feel pain about the hurts that they've inflicted on you and that that was unforgiveness? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh no, oh no. Oh no. Because I was hanging on to some of those hurts, not calling it unforgiveness. But, you know, that's God's definition Mm -hmm. with us is that our sins are as far as the east is from the west. He's not hurt over them, Mm -hmm. He's not thinking about them, He's not even.
1: You know, holding them
0: against our count at all. We are free. We are free. What a beautiful gift that we've been receiving from Christ and that he wants us to pass on to others. We're going to take a little break and come back, talk about a surprising strategy that will diffuse drama. Also, why it's sometimes best not to step in and a daily checklist. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We're spending today's hour with Cindy McMenamin of StrengthsForTheSoul.com. Cindy, let's go ahead and talk about there is a strategy that maybe isn't so obvious, but that really helps to fuse drama. Tell us about that.
2: <laughs> that strategy is simply to take better care of ourselves. Um, think about when you're tired. You didn't sleep much the night before, or maybe you're overworked and exhausted, um, how do you respond to other people? We, we tend to react, don't we? And then later we follow up with I'm sorry, I'm just tired. Um, I think about when I um, get hungry. I think my blood sugar drops rapidly more than most people. And when I get really hungry, my daughter will say, Mom, you're being hangry. You know, you're, you're hungry and you're angry and you're talking <laughs> a certain way. You need to get some food. And I thought, that's right. I can be drama if I'm not (laughs) eating regularly or if I eat the wrong things, you know, how you feel after you've had chocolate instead of a meal. Um, I think about, too, when I'm stressed. Sometimes I'm on deadline. Uh, My husband will say something to me and my mind is still somewhere else and I'll be short with him and I'll be very impatient. And that's not his fault. That's me. That's me. That's me. Um, getting myself to a place where I'm a little overextended or I haven't properly taken care of myself. I've learned, um, especially right now, I'm I'm on a really tight deadline for my next book. It's got to be due on Monday and I still have a ways to go. Mm -hmm. But I've realized if I'm not taking care of myself, I will, um, I can become drama here just even among my own family. And so I've been getting up early and just running in the mornings. I'm not a runner, But let me tell you, I will do what it takes to relieve that stress so that I can be Mm. thinking more clearly. And my day goes so much better when I've talked with God in the morning, (laughs) spent some time in his word, and then taking care of my body as well as my soul. Sometimes we underestimate that. But um, there is something about those endorphins um, that get released when we exercise, when we maybe just get out and take a brisk walk. Um, Getting out and and breathing the fresh air, taking care of ourselves in that way can really help diffuse the drama that we might otherwise bring upon ourselves. Right. I I like to, you
0: know, when we talk about, you know, God, uh, somebody asked Jesus, you know, what's the most important thing? And he said, And listen to the yous in here. You love the Lord, your God, with all your Uh heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And you love your neighbor as yourself. And if you count all the yous in there, the focus is that it has to start with you. (laughs) You can't, Uh like, always be blaming it on everybody else. Um, You know, God's not coming through for me. Uh, It starts with you taking responsibility to say, I am what God has given me. (laughs) And that's Uh got to be... First, not in a self-centered way, but just in the way Jesus right. said it. If you can't love yourself, if you can't take care of you, why would you think you could take care of someone else or love them? Um, uh-huh. It's so important, and I totally agree with you. And I think it's, I think especially because there are seasons, um, like new baby season. I say new baby, new business uh-huh. season. Uh, sometimes new book season, <laughs> where you right? have a, you have a season that you know, like nobody would say to a new mom. Um, you're not getting enough sleep. You should just not get up and feed that baby in the night. Just let him be hungry so you can get on own sleep. There are seasons where actually we sacrifice our sleep, we sacrifice different things in order to accomplish what needs to be done for that season. When we know we're in trouble is when that just keeps being that season forever. Uh That's where you're like, okay, now you have to step back and say, is this really what God is calling me to do? And, you know, I mean, I was just listening to um, a book on uh, cassette or tape audio book about uh, one of the gals that's running an orphanage in one of the African nations. And, you know, how Mm -hmm. after after years of not taking care of herself, she ended up in the hospital for quite a long time. And God prompted in her heart, you know, you aren't taking a day of rest ever. You know, Mm. you're here because you have not taken care of you. And so I think that for those of you listening, and you're like, but how can I? I just don't have time. Right. The reality is in this moment, you have everything you need. And when it's time to rest, that's a choice that you'll be given. And you're so much in the habit of just running, running, running that you may just run right past that opportunity to rest. So my challenge for you, and I know, Cindy, you would agree with me here, is watch for the, watch for the opportunity to rest. And it says in Hebrews, you have to strive to rest. It right. doesn't come naturally. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Work at
2: finding those spots. (laughs) It's easy to overextend. It does take some discipline and some effort to rest. You're right. Yeah, it really does. Well, let's talk about. There's kind of a different aspect
0: that we wanted to pull in here because sometimes we want to step in front of a train and protect somebody (laughs) from something that God's like, no, I actually meant for them to experience some correction here in this. Talk to us about how do we know, like, how do you identify when you shouldn't be stepping in?
2: You know, um, I, I think that because we're women, we were created to be helpers. Um, there's something about us that just wants to be there for people. And so we will just rush in. Uh, we want to rush in. We want to rescue. We want to help them. And we believe that as a Christian woman, that's what we're supposed to do. But I've found through years of ministry that we need to sometimes stop actually always stop, seek God's guidance Mm -hmm. and stay out of it. If we don't get clear indication to step into it, we tend to do the opposite. I'm going to rush in. And if God doesn't want me to, he'll tell me to stop. You know, if we're overextended anyway, and we add one more thing to our plate, we are inviting drama into our lives. But lately I've realized as I've been discipling women, as I've been trying to, to um, help them form this dependence on God alone, that it is easy to come in and be somebody else's savior, to ease them of the suffering, to immediately answer their question, to immediately supply what it is they need, and they never get to that point of really having to get desperate for God. Um, In my own life, I, I don't want to be somebody who just turns away when somebody has a need, but I have to balance that by not being a person who strives to meet that need as soon as it comes up, Because God may be wanting to do something in that woman's life. God may be wanting to get that woman to a place where she's got to pray and wait for him to come through in a way that she knew had to have come from him. Um, We can think that we're interceding like the Holy Spirit, but sometimes we're interfering and interrupting (laughs) God's process that he wants to take someone through. Mm. I see this so clearly
0: in um, the area of finances, you know, when you go to Africa mm-hmm. and you see the starving children and, you know, your heart is so torn as it should be and, um, right. and I'm home and you just want to fix it all. And you want to be Uh the god, (laughs) and you want to have all the funds, and you want to be able to provide it all. And the reality kind of sets in very quickly. You are not God. You cannot fix it all. That is not what I've called you to do. However, here's the little part that you get to do. Can you be thankful? And you know, we Uh we need to apply that same kind of thinking to every drama, every trauma that we are involved in. Uh And it's difficult. We, you know. If, if there's a way to do it, we want to do it. And uh-huh. it's, uh, I tell this story about I tell the story about getting a getting a request for funds uh, several years ago. I got a request for funds that was a desperate urgent need from overseas, and, and
1: uh-huh.
0: um, I di- I did not have the funds. I went to my husband. I said, you know, can we possibly help here? And he said, we can't right now. We just don't have it uh-huh. right now. And so I had to go back and say, you know, I'm sorry. You know, we are praying with you, but we cannot send funds at this time, but we are praying with you. And in my spirit, after I had sent the response in my spirit, I had this little nudge, and it was, if you had had the money, would you have sent it? And I said, in a heartbeat, without even thinking. And God prompted in my spirit, that's why you didn't Um, have it.
1: Wow. (laughs) because,
0: you know, I wouldn't have even checked with him. I would have just sent Uh him because I saw the need and I had the money, therefore I must be the solution. And Uh. we do. You know, I think what you said is really good to caution. Just instead of doing it the other way where we send and we just pause if we have a pause, you know, wait a minute, we should step back and say, is this really something you want me to be doing? Cindy, you actually have a checklist that (laughs) you want to share with us that we can kind of go through every day just uh, to try to get our heads around how to reduce the drama in our lives, and this not only is good for us, it's good for everybody around us.
2: Yes, it's a checklist of actually 15 different things, and you can actually get it free on my website uh, when you sign up for my email newsletter and blog. But I'll give you a couple of them here today. First on the checklist is, I will spend time with God in his word before spending time with anyone else. My, how that uh, (laughs) reduces the drama in our life. I will bring to God what concerns me and receive his peace that comes through prayer. Mm -hmm. All of these have scriptural references, by the way. I will be okay without having to speak into every situation I hear about. How many times does our mouth (laughs) get us into trouble and cause drama? (laughs) I will give preferential treatment to others. I I don't have to be first in line. Okay, there it is. It's not all about me. Mm -hmm. I will not listen to gossip. Gossip. I will not say anything about anyone today that I wouldn't say in their presence. Um, I will look at other people more than my phone or electronic device. I'll take at least a half hour for myself today to rest, refresh, and refuel. So those are just a few of the things on that daily checklist mm. to being drama-free. See, this is why I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thank
0: yeah, you. I, we 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 think so much alike I love these these are just a riot they're so great um, number three I will be okay without speaking into everything <laughs> I hear about <laughs> no, this, is, this has been such a huge learning curve for me I remember when mm-hmm. um, you know my husband my husband would go to work and executive and all that you know he'd leave in the morning come home at night and that was the, you know he'd tell me what he wanted to tell me about the day but that was it that was my whole involvement with his life and then mm-hmm his work life and then we started working together and I would see everything he was doing and Uh I would need to comment on it because we were working together and at one point Uh I remember having this amazing awareness that for all of these years of our married life he had gone to work and I had trusted him to Uh just be okay without me. I had trusted God. I had trusted him. Uh And then all of a sudden, because I had seen it, then I needed to speak into it. And I just had to get to the point where I was really okay to just say to myself, well, Marnie, if you hadn't have seen it, it wouldn't have bothered you. You have to just let it go as if you hadn't seen it. It's so amazing, each one of these things that you're saying, you know, it's like these are all places where we get into trouble with other people when we take too much on ourselves. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> there are so many things right here in the daily checklist that actually have to do with speak. You know, I'll limit my words and think before I speak. Um, I'll guard my lips by choosing words carefully and not saying anything unless it's well-timed and it builds somebody else and they actually need to hear it. Things like that so that our mouths <laughs> can help us not <laughs> create drama. Um
0: Beautiful.
2: Beautiful. I, another one that you had mentioned was you won't listen
0: to gossip and won't say anything that yeah. I would see if the person wasn't in the room. And those are two of my rules. But I tell you what, the downside of not listening to drama, which is okay, but there is a downside. Uh-huh. The downside is that I don't hear all the latest news. <laughs> because right. People have stopped <laughs> gossiping to me. So someone will tell me something. Well, about maybe that. that's better. I didn't know huh? that that happened.
1: <laughs> so it's you know, right. that's a good then, thing, you know, though. That's it is.
2: <laughs> that's a good thing if people aren't gossiping to you because they've learned you're not going to hear it. You know what I mean? You have that reputation of, yeah, don't even try that with Marnie cuz she's not going to let it pass. So well,
0: it's true. And with my staff too, I've I've always said, wait a second. You would never say that if the person was in the room with us. So, let's mm-hmm. let's rephrase that into something that's true. What is true that you would actually say? And then you can tell me what your what your beef is or whatever, but um, you know, if they were standing here, you wouldn't say it like that. You know, let's let's get real. Uh-huh. Jesus is always standing with us, even if that other person isn't. You know, it's not like it's not like all of these words that we're saying are going unheard. They are heard, and uh, they matter. Mm. And when they come out of our yeah. mouths, they have power. Oh, Cindy, another amazing interview with you. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you
2: for you. being here. Oh, thank you yeah, for you taking guys. the time and interviewing me. I appreciate it. Oh, yes.
0: No problem. And thank you, guys. You guys want to go over and check on Cindy's website. It is And She's got over 15 books that she's written. Um, you're just going to love them. Her most recent book, of course, we've been talking about today, Drama Free, Finding Peace When Emotions Overwhelm You. Also, be sure to go over and request this checklist of uh, things that can help you be drama-free. And, you know, if it's overwhelming to you to have, you know, 15 items to do every day, just pick one for this week or this month and focus on that one. And then next week or next month, add another one. It's amazing how these practices will infiltrate your soul and they will change your life and they will change the amount of drama that you have in your life and the amount of trauma that you're causing (laughs) so I encourage you to check all that out and thanks again for being here with us today can't have a show without listeners and I am always so grateful that you take time to listen in live or also to those of you who listen to the archives and those of you who host us on your channels and on your websites. thank you so much if you want to do that go over to blog talk radio and download the player right there on Marnie's friends and you can host us on your site as well looking forward to Visiting with you every Wednesday afternoon at this time, and we'll see you next time. Have a great day. Bye bye.